Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Welcome to Fresh Encounter, the radio ministry of Lifelong Anointing Church. Our mission as a church is to equip the body of Christ to increase in wisdom and in stature and in favor with God and with men. We're glad that you joined us for this edition of the broadcast. It is our prayer that this broadcast will be a blessing to you. Here now is Pastor Otuno with today's message. Growing in grace in light of that resurrection. Second Peter chapter 3, we're reading from verse number 3. The Bible says, knowing this first, that there shall come in the last days scoffers, walking after their own loss, and saying, where is the promise of his coming? For since the fathers fell asleep, all things continued as they were from the beginning of creation. Now verse number 8. But beloved, be not ignorant of this one thing, that one day is with the Lord as a thousand years, and a thousand years as one day. The Lord is not slack concerning his promises, as some men count slackness, but is long suffering towards us, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. Verse number 11. Seeing then that all these things shall be dissolved, that what manner of persons ought ye to be in all holy conversation and godliness. In other words, the Bible is saying, we know that Jesus Christ walked the face of the earth. We know that Jesus Christ at one point in time was crucified. We know at one point in time he raised from the dead. We were told by the scripture that he resurrected and he ascended into heaven. We are assured in scripture that he's coming back. Peter is now telling us that if we know all these things, that regardless of how long he has said he's going to come, and he has not yet come, what we know is that regardless of how long it's going to take for the risen Christ to come back, we know that he's going to come back to execute judgment. He said, if we have that hope in our life, Paul uh, Peter is now asking the question in verse number 11. He says, seeing that all these things shall be dissolved, what manner of persons ought ye be? In other words, knowing that Christ is going to come back, knowing that Christ is going to judge everyone according to their own word. He said, how then do you, as an individual, how do you live? How do you live knowing all this information? If you are one of the people who believe that Christ rose from the dead and is coming back, if you are one of those people who believe that there is a final accounting, Peter is asking the question, what kind of person should you be? What kind of life should you live? What kind of attitude should you have? If you have this information, if you have this hope in you, if you say you believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, what kind of person should you be? Should there be a difference between those who have this hope and those who do not have that hope? Should there be a difference between those who, those of us who call ourselves the children of God and those who are, who are not even a member of the church? Should there be a difference between those who say that they are born again and people who do not believe in the existence of our Lord Jesus Christ? Should there be a difference? How shall we live? That is the question Peter is asking. And in verse number 14, Peter said, He now gave us a strategy for living. If we say we have this hope in us, if we say we believe that Jesus Christ died for us, if we say that Jesus Christ is going to come back and take us back home, he said, this is the way you live. Verse number 14, he said, wherefore, beloved, seeing that you look for such things, seeing that you have this hope, seeing that you believe this thing, he said, be diligent that you may be found in him in peace without spot and without blameless. In other words, live a life that glorifies the name of the Lord. Let people see and know that yes, something is different about you. Let people see you and know that there is a hope inside of you. Let people see you and know that yes, this one, there's a difference about it. Paul, Peter was saying, he said, wherefore beloved, 
Seeing that you look for such things, be diligent that you may be found in him in peace, without spot and blameless. Verse number 18. He said, but grow in grace. Not just live a holy life. He said, grow in grace. And in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus, and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, to him be glory for both now and ever. It is one thing, Paul the Apostle is saying, that you live a pure and holy life. But Paul is up, but Peter is now telling, he's not asking you to take it one step further. In verse number 18, he said, grow in grace. In other words, don't stand in one place. You have believed God. You have accepted him. You have that hope in your life. He said, don't stand in one place. Let your attitude begin to reflect Christ. Let your behavior begin to reflect Christ. Let the knowledge of the Almighty God begin to grow in you. Let his grace begin to grow in you. Let his love begin to grow in you. Let his hope begin to grow in you. Let everything in Christ begin to reflect through you. Grow in grace. And in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Peter is saying, because you know that Jesus died and rose from the dead, because you know that Jesus is coming, because you have that hope in you, he said, make sure you live accordingly. Make sure that you are found in him holy. Not only that, make sure you are growing in the knowledge of the almighty God. In other words, let your knowledge of the person of our Lord Jesus Christ increase. Let your understanding of what Christ has done for you increase. Let the grace of God in your life increase. In other words, Christ is saying, mature. Don't remain like a baby. Don't remain on the same spots. Keep moving forward. He said, grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. The question this morning is, what does it mean to grow in grace? That's the question. What does it mean to grow in grace? When Peter said grow in grace, what was he talking about? What was he talking about? Now, before you can understand what Peter is talking about when he talks about growing in grace, you need to first understand what grace is and what grace is not. Because when you understand what grace is, then you know how to grow in it. But when you don't understand it, that's when you begin to begin to confuse everything. What is grace then? For so many people have defined it and the Bible has given us some understanding of what grace is. Grace is the free and the unmerited favor of God as manifested in the salvation of sinner and the bestowal of blessings. In other words, you are not deserving of what you have received, but the Lord God Almighty just gives it to you anyway. You are not deserving of his love, but he gives it to you anyway. You are not deserving of his salvation, but he gives it to you anyway. That's what grace is all about. Grace is the love of God shown to the unlovely. The peace of God given to the restless. It is the unmerited favor of the Almighty God. What you do not deserve, God giving it to you anyway. That's what grace is all about. Grace is the free sovereign favor to the ill-deserving. The Lord Almighty showing you favor when you don't deserve to receive favor. When you deserve some serious spanking, they say, okay, go and sleep. And even take some, you know, eat some, uh, yeah, eat, eat some banana puddings as you go to bed. You know, giving you something that you don't deserve. That is grace. That's what grace is all about. Grace is you getting what you do not deserve. You deserve punishment, but you got mercy. You deserve imprisonment, but they set you free. You deserve spanking, but they decide to give you something else. You are getting what you do not deserve. That's what grace is all about. And that's what the Bible means when the Bible is talking about grace. Now this thing grace, this thing called grace is so central and important to the Christian life because number one, it is what defines and it is the basis of your identity in Christ. Because none of us qualify to be saved. If you were to begin to open the register and see the things we did before we called ourselves Christian, many of us will not sit down here. Many of us will be highly embarrassed if they begin to show us the picture of the things that we did in the past. But it is the grace of God that gives us identity as a Christian. 
Because that's what pulls us in. The Bible tells us by the grace of God, I am who I am. Not only that, it is the grace, it is the grace is the basis of our standing before God. When we go before God, it's not because we are right. It's not because we know how to pray. It's not because we know how to read the Bible. It's not because I've not committed any sin before in my life. It's not because I've not fallen short of the grace. I've not fallen short of my behavior. My behavior has not been, you know, has been, has, has been all spanking clean. No! I come into the presence, I stand before the presence of the Almighty God because of what Christ has done. And I enjoy what Christ has done in my life today. That's why I can stand before him and be making all this noise. It's not because I am better than anybody. It's just the grace of God. I used to tell people, the difference between the murderer that is caught out there, between the thief, between the rapists, between all the criminals that are out there, and those of us who stand behind the pulpit, is the grace of God. Because if you take away that grace, we have the same ability. We have the same capability. We have the same thing. We have the same, you know, we have the, we have the ability to do exactly the same thing that those guys are doing. Anyone who is breaking the law today and you are not breaking the law, it's not because you don't have the ability to break the law. No, it's just because of the grace of God that is restraining you. So it is the grace of God that formed the basis of our standing before the Almighty God. It is the grace of God that is the basis for our sufficiency. When we say that we are sufficient in Christ, it's not because you have the ability to do everything. It's not because you are unlimited in your wisdom, in your knowledge, in your understanding. No, it is the Almighty God. The Bible tells us by grace is sufficient for you. So it is the grace of God that is the basis of our sufficiency. It is the grace of God that we, that is the basis for the hope that we have for eternity. How do I know that I'm going, that Christ is going to take me home? I don't know. I only know that because He has extended His grace to me. He has translated me from His kingdom, from, from, from the, from the kingdom of darkness into His dear kingdom. It is the hope that we have beyond death. That is the basis of it. That is what grace has done for us. So from this various understanding of what grace is all about, now we know what grace is. And by extension, we know what grace is not. So what is not grace? What, 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 is the, what, what, what grace is not? Number one, grace is not a license. Okay? That you get what you do not deserve does not mean you continue to misbehave so that you can continue. No, it doesn't work like that. That you forgave your son or your daughter for misbehaving one time. And then the boy said, okay, because daddy has forgiven me the last time, I'll continue to do the same thing. That is not what grace is all about. Grace is not a license. Grace is not the permission to continue to sin. And that's what Paul the Apostle was saying when he talked to the Romans. He said, what shall we say? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? He said, certainly not. How shall we who have died to sin live any longer in it? In other words, there should be a difference. Grace is not a permission to continue to sin. Grace is not filling the gap. In other words, I try my best, God will help me to do this. No, that's not what grace is all about. Grace is not saying that you will do your best and God will fill it up for you. No, that's not what grace is saying. Grace is not exemption from obedience. It doesn't mean that I can't obey so God will forgive me. No, that's not what grace is. Grace is not lowering of God's standards. That God felt, okay, these people, they are living in America in 2018. Life is very difficult, so let's lower the standard for them so that it can pass. No, that's not what grace is all about. Grace is not the lowering of the standard of your mighty God. Grace is not about your own efforts. It's not about what you do. Because if you try to do everything that you want to do to be able to meet the standard of God, you will never be able to meet that standard. Because the righteousness of God Almighty is way higher. The Bible says, my ways are higher than your way. He says, the east is from the west. That's how you know. That's how I take note of your, your sins. That's how we separate. In other words, God's ways are much, much higher. You cannot live up to it. So grace is not your efforts. Okay? Grace is what God does for you. Now that we understand what grace is all about, the question is, when Peter says, grow in grace, what was he talking about? 
What was great? What was Peter talking about? To grow in grace. Peter was talking about growing in your understanding of what Christ has done for you on the cross of Calvary. That's what Peter is saying. He's saying that you know that Christ died for your sins. Christ redeemed you from the law, from the work of the law. He said you need to grow in that understanding. What is the implication of what Christ has done for you? He said you need to understand it. That's what it means to grow in grace. To grow in grace is to grow in your appreciation and in your love for God. In other words, God has done so much for you, you begin to express your love for him on a daily basis. Your love begins to grow as you grow in the grace. Not only that, to grow in grace, it means that you grow, in your, your, you let your faith increase in fullness, in constantly, in constancy, and in simplicity. In other words, you let your love begin to grow on a daily basis. I love him today. Tomorrow, I love him more. Next tomorrow, I love him more and more. And then I continue to love him more and more. As I know him more, I begin to appreciate him. I don't know whether you know anybody like that in your life. But there are some people where you have never known, where you have never come in contact with them before. You see them from afar. You probably appreciate them. And as you move closer to them, you begin to see that this person is better than they say they were, that, 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 that all the stories I've been hearing. And as you move closer to them, you begin to see that these guys have more value. You move closer to them, you like them the more. You appreciate them the more. You begin to enjoy their company. You can, at one point in time, you cannot do more. You cannot do without them. That is what it means for you to grow in grace of the Almighty God. The more you see God, the more you understand Him, the more you see His revelation, the more your prayer appears to you, you begin to appreciate Him more and more. And you find out that you cannot do without Him. And that is why when you first started as a Christian, you will find that you'll be only, only able to pray for five minutes. Then later as you grow and you understand the things of God, you are moving into 10 minutes. You are moving into 30 minutes. Then you are doing an hour. And then there is a day where you just lock up yourself and say, Lord, I am in your presence. And you are not saying anything. You are just enjoying the company of the Almighty God. That is what grace is. Growing in the fullness. Increasing in the fullness. Increasing in your constancy. In other words, you are not just talking to him once a week. You are not just talking to him every time whenever there is trouble. Or whenever there is a problem problem at work and you need an intervention. That's not that's not the only time you talk to him. You talk to him in the morning. You talk to him in the afternoon. You talk to him in the evening. You kind of have this relationship with him. When you're about to leave something, you talk to him. The Bible says, pray always with all prayer and supplication. You begin to have a communication with him. But you can only do that when you have built up that when you have built up that, that, that relationship and you are growing in that relationship. That's what it means. It means you have this love affair with him. That you continue to have this relationship. That you find out. How many, how many of us have fallen in love before? When we were much younger, you will find out that initially when that boy or that girl was whispering something into your ears, initially you cannot get enough. You just keep having that whispering. Before you know what's happening, you are holding the phone. In the days of cell phone, now you say you don't hang up, I won't hang up. You keep talking and you keep talking. And you begin to record the conversation and play it back. There's nothing that you are talking about. You are only talking sweet nonsense. But the idea is that there is a romance that is taking place. You are enjoying each other's company. The voice of that person just makes you happy. Something inside of you live for joy when you hear their voice. You can tell when they are breathing. You can tell them by the way they are looking at their, by the way the expression of their face. You can tell what is going on in their mind. And that's why I used to say that when a woman, we used to say back in my village, that when a woman stays too long in the house of her husband, it becomes a witch because he knows how the man thinks. And that's what happens. You know how God thinks. You understand how he behaves. You understand his mind. You know what makes him happy. You know what makes him, you know what the Lord Almighty loves. That is what it means. To grow in grace. And please understand that growing in grace is not about what you do. It's about what the whole you allow the Holy Spirit to do inside your life. Growing in grace means it's about you cooperating with the Almighty God to let His Spirit walk in you. 
It's about you growing to the point where you say, Lord, I surrender everything. It's about you growing to the Almighty God and getting to the point that I say, Lord, not my will be done, but yours be done. That is what it means to grow in grace. You get to the point where you where you become so much in love with the Almighty God, you are willing to shed yourself and take up his identity. That's what happens when a woman loves a man. What happens? They walk with each other, they walk with each other, they come to the point. The man begins to say, do you want to marry me? The woman says, yes. And then what happens? They fall in love so much that the woman is willing to shed her name, shed her identity, and take up the identity of the man and become Mrs. Whatever. The idea is that you have gotten to the point where you have grown so much, you are willing to let go of yourself and let the other person take over. That's what it means when you walk with the Almighty God. When you understand what He's doing for you, you say, Lord, not me anymore. I don't want to speak my own word. I don't want to live my own life. I don't want to go to where I want to go. I want you to be the director. I want you to be the leader. I want you to direct my path. I want you to be the one that set the agenda for my life. That is what it means to grow in grace. You begin to do the things not because you want to do them, but because the Spirit of the Almighty God moves through you and wants to accomplish those things. And that's why you get up in the night and you pray for the man that you don't like. That's why you begin to do good to the people that you hate their guts. You begin to do the things that you normally would not do because the Spirit of the Almighty God is leading you. Growing in grace is getting to that point where you allow the Almighty God to walk through you. Now the question that comes to mind is this. Why does a Christian need to grow in grace? Why do you need to grow in grace? Why do I need to grow in grace? Why is it necessary to grow in grace? Why must a believer grow in grace? Ephesians chapter 4, reading from verse number 7, the Bible tells us, it says, But unto all and to every one of us is given grace according to the measure of the gift of God, for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, till we all come to the unity of faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, unto a perfect man, unto the measure of the full stature of Christ, fullness of Christ, that we henceforth be no more children, Store and fro, and carried with the every wind of doctrine by the slight of men and cunning craftiness, whereby they lie in wait to deceive. But speaking the truth in love, they may we may grow up in him in all things, in all things, which is the head, even Christ. From this verse of the scripture, you see why you must grow, why I must grow. Number one, the reason why you must grow is because you argue your, your growth is the, the, the purpose for growth is to equip the believers. When you know the love of God and you grow in that love of God, what happens is that you begin to equip the believers. That is the reason. It's for your own equipment. Number two, it's for the work of the ministry. God has a lot of things that he wants to accomplish and he will not do it with babies. He will not do it with immature people. You yourself know there are a lot of work that you want to do in your own house that you cannot give to a five-year-old child. You want to give it to a child that knows what he's doing. You cannot, you cannot entrust the treasures of heaven into the hands of people who have no idea what those treasures look like. And that's why the Bible says, you not cast your pearls before swine. The Lord Almighty will not commit his work into the hands of somebody who is not prepared, who is not ready. And that is why you need to grow in grace for the work of the ministry. Why do you need to grow in grace? You need to grow in grace because you need to edify the body of Christ. In other words, you see your brother who needs help. You see your brother that needs encouragement. You need see the one that needs a word of a word, a word at a particular time in their life. If you do not, if you are not yet matured, you cannot supply that word. If you are not matured, you cannot encourage that word. If your if your brother is discouraged and you yourself are discouraged, how can a discouraged man be encouraging a discouraged by a discouraged person? It's not possible. You cannot give what you do not have, and that is why you must grow in grace. You must grow in grace because we need a unity of faith. Now, please understand, 
There's a difference between unity of faith and commonality of faith. The fact that we have unity of faith does not mean we do everything the same way. Okay? The fact that you have unity of faith does not mean that we do everything the same way. And that is why you can come to church this morning and we can do like this when we are praising God and then you go to some other churches and they are praising God and say, Praise be God. That's, that's, they, we, are, we are all serving the same God. There's a unity of faith, but we are different in the way we approach things. So please understand that. But the reason why you grow in faith is the unity of faith. Not only that is for you to is the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. The more you know him, the more effective you become. That's why the Bible tells us in the book of Daniel. He said, those who know their God, they shall be what? They shall be strong and they will do what? They will do exploit. Only those who know their God. You don't know him, you can't be strong. If you don't know him, you can't do exploits. So we grow because in the, because of the knowledge of God. We grow because we need to mature. Maturity comes when you grow. It's not that you begin to do the same thing, do the, you know, repeat the same stuff, make the same mistake, 10 years, 20 years, 30 years in the, in the, in the, in the, in, the, in, the, uh, in your work with the Almighty God that you're still making the same mistakes. Or you're still learning the same thing. So growing in grace means maturity. That's why you grow. You grow in grace because you need to be stable. The Bible says that henceforth we no longer be more children tossed to and fro. And that is why somebody will come to the pulpit, put the Bible here and put the other books of religion and say that they are the same. They are not the same. When you are a believer, you know the difference. You can tell when somebody is just trying to fleece you for money and when somebody is trying to show you the way of righteousness. You can tell. You can tell when somebody is trying to line their pocket and when somebody is trying to edify your spirit. But that only comes when you grow in grace. Because that's where you can know the difference in the word of God. But if you don't know, how would you be able to tell? If you cannot tell the difference between the word of God and the wisdom of men, how will you be able to tell? So that is why you grow. You grow because of stability. And as you grow, you begin to find that there are benefits that are attached to it. Okay? When you grow in the grace of God, when you know God the more, you see that there are benefits that are attached to it. If today I am a friend of the governor of this particular state, there are benefits that will attach to it. Because all I have to do is just call him up and say, hey, this is your boy here in Lifelong Anointing Church. And what happened? Things begin to happen my way. The same thing you can call up the Almighty God. You say, hey, here's your boy here in Nashville. I need some things in this particular area. I need to help me out. You need to hook up your boy here. And before you know what's happening, God's begin to hook you up. There are benefits with growing in grace. There are certain things that you will tell your five-year-old, and there are certain things you will tell a 10-year-old, and there are certain things you will tell a 20-year-old or a 30-year-old person. You do not discuss the secrets of your investment with your five-year-old. He doesn't even understand what you are talking about. But you want, the more you grow, there are benefits that are attached to it. The first benefit that attached to growing in grace is the boldness to approach the throne of grace. When I have a relationship with the boy, with the guy in the state house in Nashville, in, in, in Tennessee here, if I have that relationship, I can walk in. I say, you see your people who are, who are zoning this place, they are trying to mess me up. Why don't you just give them a call? And he gives them a call and what happens? Life is taken care of. But if I don't know him, if I go there, they will look at you. What is this African man doing here? <laughs> you know? The point you are making is that it gives you boldness to approach the throne of God. When you, are, when you are growing in grace, you can approach the throne of grace knowing that yes, your sins have been forgiven. Knowing that yes, you can walk into his presence and get what you want. That is one of the benefits. The second benefit is the, the access to the wisdom of God. There's the access to the throne of God. There's the access to the wisdom of God. There are certain things that God will reveal unto you. Only those who walk with him. The Bible says that in three and a half years there was, there was 
there was famine in the land of Israel. But the Lord Almighty opened and gave uh, Elijah a wisdom that other people did not have. He said, go to the widow of Zarephath, and then I will provide for you. And three and a half years when other people were looking for food, this guy was simply living large. That is access to the wisdom of God. That is understanding what God Almighty wants you to understand. Not only that, when you grow in grace, it restrains you from evil. You know what you are supposed to do and what you are not supposed to do. You know the things that are supposed to move you forward and the things that are not supposed to move you forward. There are certain things as a believer, you get to a certain point, you get to a certain level. There are people, you know, certain things you do may not necessarily be safe, but it's not expected of you at that age. There are certain things you expect from your child that is just two years old, that is still running around in the house. If they do certain things, you understand because they are kids. But if a 10-year-old or a 15-year-old child is doing what the 2-year-old is doing, sorry, you will slap the head. You know, you will, you will hit the head on the head and say, what is wrong with you? The point we are making is that you begin to restrain evil as you grow older. As you become closer to the Almighty God, you know certain things are good and certain things are not good. You know certain things the Lord Almighty is happy with, you know what is not happy with. You begin to re- you are restrained from evil. Not only that, as you grow in grace, you begin to have access to the riches of the Almighty God. Because he begins to give you revelations. Because he begins to tell you the secret things of his kingdom. He begins to open the treasures of heaven unto you. That is when you grow in grace. Not only that, you begin to abound in good work. Your life begins to reflect the goodness of the Almighty God. Not only that, you begin to enjoy the manifestations of the gifts of God. The manifestation of the spiritual gifts. That is why you can pray for somebody and you see the results. That is why you can cast out the devil and they will get out of that place. That is why you can pray and healing will take place. It only happens when you grow in grace. It's not something that is thrown all over the place. You can talk about, yeah, I claim favor for you. I claim uh, divine acceleration for you. I claim... You can talk all those, all those, all those nice sounding words. If you don't, if you don't grow up, if you don't have the back end of the heaven to it, it's just talking. And that's why you have a lot of church talking rubbish. Everybody here. I say you must have it. Yes, you must have it. Yes, you must have it. And people are not having it. Is it because God does not want to give it to them? No. It's because the people who are claiming it do not even have access to the throne of grace. So when you grow in grace, you enjoy the manifestation of the spiritual gifts. Unfortunately, there are also downsides when you refuse to grow. When you refuse to grow in the grace of God, what happens is that you remain immature in your faith. There will be perpetual mature, immaturity. In other words, you keep learning the same thing over and over and over again. That's what happened when we were still in elementary and secondary school in Nigeria. What happened is that if you don't pass, they put you on trial. You know, they put you, you repeat the class. Just keep going. You just keep going. At one point in time, they got tired of repeating class. They start pushing everybody, you know. But in the kingdom of God, they don't push anybody. If you don't grow, you have that perpetual immaturity. And that's why Christians fall for the most stupid things in the house of God. Somebody comes and tells them some cock and bull story and we buy it because... There's this perpetual immaturity. Not only that, if you refuse to grow, you have that insecurity and instability. Today you are on top of the mountain, tomorrow you are in the valley. Today you are praising God and you are happy that God is visiting you. Tomorrow you are not even sure if your prayer has been answered. That's because you are not growing in grace. Not only that, you have you are open to deception. Any story that is told unto you, you will believe because you don't know. That is what happens when you are not growing in grace. When you are not growing in grace, you become stagnant in your walk with God. You start telling the same story over and over and over because you are not moving forward. When you don't grow in grace, you become, you begin to harden the heart of the lost people. In other words, people see you. They say these are one of the people that go to church. These are the people that have been saying that they believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, but their life is not changing. If their life is not changing, why should I believe your God? 
If there's nothing changing, you are still as wicked as wicked can be. You are still as angry as angry can be. You are not, you are very unforgiving. Your life is not moving forward. And you want to invite other people to come and believe in that Jesus Christ. Why would I want to believe it? Why should I? It's not changing your life. Why should I come up and put my life in that kind of situation? So when you are not growing in grace, you harden the heart of the lost. When you are not growing in grace, you weaken the effect of the gospel. Thank you very much for listening to our program today. We invite you to join us every Sunday at 10 a.m. for our Sunday worship service at 2711 Murfreesboro Road in Antioch, Tennessee. We also host Bible study and prayer meetings every Friday at 7 p.m. Visit us online at www.lifelonganointing.com and on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. Join us next time for another edition of Fresh Encounter. On behalf of Lifelong Anointing Church, we thank you for listening.